Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. How are you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes. Welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Brought to you by PRTG Network Monitor from Paisler. Remember, as well as our on-air show with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app, we keep you bang up to date on all things tech every day with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. Now, in a few minutes, uh, something very, very cool from the Tech Summit, which is happening uh, all this week in Cork. But first, our editor-in-chief, Niall Kitson, joins me. Uh, I suppose the big story of the week in tech world was Apple. Didn't they do well? Didn't they do well, indeed? Yeah, um, their second best, or rather their best second quarter ever. Uh, revenue of $61 billion. Uh, previous record was $58 billion, which was set in 2015. Nice money if you can get it, I think it's fair to say, Dusty. But there's uh, a little bit of a cloud over it this year. There, there, there was um, a little bit of a question mark, even though the figures are really strong. Um, you're somewhat sceptical. I think I, well, no, I, mean, I just uh, any company it, it, it's the same the radio ratings were out last week as well and mm. amazingly out of the nearly 50 radio stations that we have in Ireland all of them were number one <laughs> <laughs> so the same thing happens with Apple or anybody who's putting their best face forward about their company they're going to say everything is fantastic and that's where people come in and start asking questions so one of my questions would be okay so they've done fantastically well uh, considering that a lot of people in the first world have got iPhones at this stage Who's buying all these new iPhones? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we're we're looking at the expansion into into the China market at the moment. So, I mean, we've got fifty two point two million iPhones sold in the quarter, nine point one million iPads, four million Macs. I mean, these are these are pretty good figures, but. The device that everybody is looking at, I suppose, is the iPhone X, which uh, you are. Well, I think we both are impressed with at a technical level, but we balk at when we look at the price tag. Uh, I think I actually, you know, kind of because we've talked about the, the iPhone X a lot. And basically, that is the premium. That's the Rolls Royce of the Apple range. And if you want to go out and you want to spend a grand on it, well, off you go. Um, what's interesting is everybody seems to focus on Apple and then people rarely focus on Samsung, who's uh, the Samsung um, 9, the, the Note 9. Guess what price that is? It's a thousand euro as well. So it's kind of mm. a case, it's yeah. it, it's a case of you know kind of hang on uh, Samsung's premium phone and Apple's premium phone are both a grand, <laughs> and yeah. I think it's like anything that's premium is like first class in airlines is not the most profitable uh, part of the of the plane. Uh, it's usually economy or it's usually uh, business class, but first class is usually not the most profitable uh, part of of a plane. But that's the bit that gets the headlines, and that's the bit that people talk about. And I think that's where the iPhone X sits in this particular particular market. And there's lots of people as well who are kind of going, oh, they're going to drop it. They're going to kill it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's because it hasn't done iPhone 4 figures because it's so much more expensive. Of I course. Mean, the, the average unit cost, because the, the iPhone 10, I mean, the, the average um, 
unit cost is $728 at mm. the moment. And that's down from, I think, 769 when it was selling an awful lot more. Mm. Um, so, you know, the, the average is, it's, it's not that bad when, when you consider it. Um, but yeah, I think overall sales, um, the demand for the iPhone 10 is not as strong as, say, for the Ford 4S when they launched, but, because they are so much more expensive, that sort of even thing, you know, it, it, it does even things out somewhat. What I think is very interesting is what they're doing with their massive profits, because um, the current rhetoric out of uh, the states at the moment and the Trump administration is very much, you know, get the money back in. You know, this this whole thing of holding money overseas and just managing debt domestically is unsustainable. Uh, it's it's not patriotic and all this kind of thing. And, you know, Apple seemed to be slightly on board with it off the back of the, the huge corporate tax cut that's, that has uh, come to pass in the States. Mm. So they are buying back the, the money they're bringing back to America. They're not, they're not actually investing in R&D and jobs. They're buying back their debt, which is good news for shareholders. So, you know, it's very much sort of, yep, this is, this is great. We're bringing $100 billion back to the States. Um, but guess what? I mean, it's not going to lower the price of devices. It's not going to increase the pace no, of, of research not. and development. And, and, and neither should it, because, you know, Apple's first priority is to themselves and to their shareholders. And I think that's partly what annoys me, because they are so good at going, we love you. We did this for you. We created this be- thing of beauty, this phone here, just for you. It's like, no, you didn't. you created it so you could rip me off extortionately and again give loads of money to your shareholder but that's but that's life that's the way of the world like you know i i just don't have time for the bull uh that goes with it if you're up front and you're kind of going all right look i'm going to completely overcharge you for this thing because i know you want it and you kind of go okay um, i want it what the hell Yeah, buyer, yeah. Well, so whatever the market can bear, I think is is one of the one of the phrases that's yeah. trotted out. Well, they, the other interesting thing I think uh, with Apple, uh, because they have done so well in China this time around, and because they make so many phones of in China, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Donald Trump and China, which is not exactly um, a love boat story, is it? No, not quite, no. <laughs> so uh, we shall wait and see what happens. I mean, Tim Cook is all kind of going, it'll be fine. But he's going to say that, of course, because he's protecting uh, his, his share price and stuff. Anyway, we keep an eye on it. Bravo, Apple. I think uh, an A or an A plus on their uh, returns this week. Listen, the other big story this week is the Tech Summit, which was been taking place in Cork City Hall. And their guest of honour was Dr. Patrick Kramer, who is the chief Cyborg Officer of Vivo Key. Dr. Kramer has a long history of developing non-medical implants and in 2014 he founded a company called Digiwell Upgraded Humans, the largest biohacking platform in Europe dedicated to upgrading and transforming humans and organisations. At Vivo Key, he set himself three challenges. Listen to this. Number one, do away with your keys. Number two, do away with your wallet. And number three, build the next generation of connected devices. A plan that may well surprise you. Now, Kitson tracked down Dr. Kramer for a conversation on his work to date and plans for the future. And he began by asking the question, is being a cyborg an artistic or a scientific project? Um, I'm more like in the um, non-medical, so there's not a medical trigger. Like many people with implants, of course, they have uh, a medical indication why they would have um, an implant. So I'm more like totally volunteer 
And um, yeah, and I'm also playing around with the same old microchip implants that Neil had, but also with with a more broader variety that's out there now. So at the moment, we are talking, I think, eight different microchip implants. Um, who differ in um, in size, in um, um, distance, or in, 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 in functionalities, yeah, in form factor. So this is the the offering has has broadened up a little bit, and we are expecting um, a couple of more microchip implants to come along um, the next half a year, year or something. So basically, the, the concept of a microchip implant. Is nothing new. Um, we've been doing that with our animals and pets for like 30 years or something. But to to use it for um, for humans and the applications, that of course has broadened and the overall um, acceptance and um, that is also coming becoming more mainstream to have you know technology under the skin where there is no. Um, medical reason for it, but um, we've seen this also with what I call cultural implants, so like earrings, piercings, but even breast implants or something. Um, this is there's no medical indication or medical need to have that, but it's culturally accepted, and people have been doing that all around the world for years. So we don't think about it anymore. But with technology that you don't see and that has no medical reason, we are sort of in a very, um, yeah, in a, in a very bizarre mindset here. Um, I think as long as technology, from a medical point of view, gives the person who has that um, back some capabilities that that person lost due to an accident or something, and tries, and that technology tries to bring that person back to what we would consider as normal. Um, we are fine with that, but when you when you're breaking the line to what is normal to have suddenly like superpowers and and super strengths and things like this, people start to become I think uneasy, and um, this is something you know out of a science fiction movie. So this is where it gets um, interesting, I would say. And um, yeah, and the microchip implants is for me like the basic what you can do. Of course, they are safe, and there is no disadvantage of having them. And you're just giving your, in a very quick and easy way, your body um, capabilities that it did not have without. So um, it's like in the 101 implant for everybody. <laughs> I think it's a, a very interesting point you raised there about the relationship between uh, companies like Vivotech and uh, the medical profession. Um, do, do you find that there is that sort of uneasiness where you will approach a, do a doctor or a surgeon and say, look, this is an experiment we want to, uh, we want to perform or, you know, we're a company and we want to do this. Um, is there that reluctance there to engage in the sort of basic operation required to, uh, to have an implant? Um, the current generation of implants, we're not working really with a medical field here. We are more um, working through piercers or do-it-yourself um, approach because it's quite easy. When you look to the flex implants which are out there, um, you usually would go to a piercer body monitor. Um, yeah, medical people could do that too, but we found that um, because 
um, putting them in, sometimes it's just a matter of five seconds or for the flex ones for five minutes. And um, of course, um, a medical practitioner needs to ask, so, you know, how is this paid for? And <laughs> there is no... NHS um, code where you can say, oh, I got an, an implant and they can, you know, charge for that or something. Um, so, but for the next generation, we, we really want to go through medical people to make it more, um, even more secure and more um, reliable and, and getting it into a better image because sometimes people do not like the idea of, you know, that they have to go to an, a piercing or something like this. Um, but, um, yeah, so I think we are in a, in a way some where the plastic surgery is, um, most of that is not med medically um, necessary, but it's, of course, some sort of operation. Um, yeah, but this is where we want to go at least with VivoKey into that direction. And here in Germany, we have some building up some um, supporting base. A friend of mine who is an emergency doctor, for instance, in Munich, um, they are strong supporters. And we're looking or working with them now what could be the best way of teaching medical people on how to do that because there's a lot also you can do wrong if you've never done it um, but also that they understand the concept and even that they scan people for implants in case of emergency or something because he told me that he could save up to 20% more lives if all his patients that he has on the table um, would have a microchip implant with some basic medical in case of emergency information, you know, allergies or blood types or something like that. Um, and it's like an insurance um, policy. As long as you don't need it, you don't care. But uh, I don't think it's important. But when you when you have an accident and you lie there unconscious, um, you're glad that you had your implant. And um, so I, for instance, I have my also my um, in case of emergency medical information on it. Um, I hope I never need it, but in case you know it's it's there. So um, that's for me a, a good um, a huge plus. But overall, I think. The, the the more complex the implants get um, to put them in and out, I think the more we need together we we need to cooperate and um, with a medical area. Yeah, you alluded there to um, sort of having your your own information on a on an implant. So, well, what what implants do you use yourself, or what have you trialed? Um, I'm personally I'm using my my house key here every day. So it's basically I've completely replaced my keys here for my house, my car. Um, it's it doesn't sound spectacular, but when you actually do it for the first time, um, that is spectacular. It, it does something in your in your brain because you are so programmed to um, leave the house only with keys, and now you're relying on a tiny grain of rice basically under your skin to get into your house. This is something you really need to experience <laughs> and to test first. So very unspectacular, and, and, and spectacular, but really like an everyday 
lifestyle, easy ease of life thing. Um, yeah, getting in the house, starting the car. I also use my implant for unlocking my um, PC and my smartphone. No passwords required. Um, and I have my medical information. I also have my business card. And I've just been, uh, as I said, with Vivoki, we've just been in the in London in an accelerator program for BioRevels and uh, no rebel bio as they called <laughs> and they are we're in um what's this white city i think it's a part of london near notting hill and um and there's a totally modern building state of the art and the first day we were there we checked their security system and so it's a low frequency system so we of course immediately cloned our um our um, gadgets, our cards onto our hands, onto our implants, and you know people around us couldn't believe it because it's also high tech. And then we just we know, we used our implants to get in and out, so that was quite um, quite amazing. Yeah, and for me, that's basically what what I'm using it um, for. Um, and um, yeah, as I said, it does not sound spectacular, maybe, but it's so normal that I cannot even imagine not having an implant anymore because it's so so it's so normal for me as for other people having the keys. Yeah, I think that raises a, a very interesting point there. If you're if you're using implants that are naturally well, naturally, but that are implanted um, uh, under your skin, it also gives the opportunity to have uh, additional information biocoded. So when you are using your um, your your dork here or whatever that it is specifically encoded to yourself so um and the same with unlocking your phone and unlocking your computer that you can have that additional layer of information on top of say a, a password a, a kind of two-factor authentication if you will um so what you are touching upon is now next generation of implants so at the moment yes it makes my life easier because i do need do not need to remember my passwords here but with the next layer or with the next generation of implant with the vivo key we are talking about active um cryptology cryptography, cryptography. Oh, difficult word sorry <laughs> <laughs> Um, so basically, the idea is to become unhackable and to give more, um, sec- to have a more secure life and not to be afraid of an identif- identification, digital identification theft and things like this. So basically, you don't need to have any passwords stored um, on your devices anymore because um, they are, you don't need them on your devices because you're wearing and generating passwords as you need them in your body. And if you have nothing for hackers, you know, to search for on your devices, um, you know, you cannot get hacked anymore. So it's an, an active part of adding more security to your life. Um, the whole idea is when you look on the um, curves for Internet of Things devices, if I'm, if I remember correctly, it is an anticipated that by the year 2020 they reckon that we have about 50 billion internet of things devices so basically it's all getting interconnected and uh, we as humans need to you know fit in into that whole concept anymore um, and how do we connect to these all these devices? <clears throat> we do this via passwords. Mm, we don't like that. There are far too many. Do we do that via Face ID? 
maybe it's good for a smartphone, but we I don't like it really much. Um, fingerprint is insecure. Um, voice recognition, well, um, London is now plastering the cities with cameras. Um, Video surveillance is also not really like an, an option, especially not in Europe, in our countries, and there are laws even against it. So how do we identify ourselves um, as the person who tries to interact with an, with an Internet of Things device? Um, I think that's going to be a main challenge um, for the future because that curve, that number is definitely going up even higher. And um, having microchip implants under the skin which have an encryption um, on board and things like this would be a very easy and also cheap way of um, adding that extra layer of security and, and um, easiness that we probably would need in the future. So one of the other things that you're looking at is changing the way people engage with the Internet um, and that is by removing removing the need for peripherals and just engaging at the at the yeah. neurological level directly. So uh, for some people, that's the that's the cyberpunk dream. For for others, it's it's absolutely terrifying. So uh, tell me a little bit about the about the work that you're doing in this area and how it's being received. Um, so basically, then we are touching upon the third um, part in my quotation when I talked about keys wallet and phone so uh, a vision that i have is getting rid of the phone and i just simply cannot imagine that the iphone 20 for instance that we are still that we are um, holding that in our hands um we will we are already using all kind of um augmented reality big data analytics internet things already but we are still holding a bulky device in our hands in the future um, that device will become much smaller, more, more powerful, of course, and um, there's plenty of space in our body to um, have some certain functions um, then embedded under our skin or even in our um, in our head. Um, at the moment, we are talking about systems that you put on your head, for instance, um, for brain to um, brain-to-machine communication. Um, that is something especially car manufacturers looking into, like um, Renault and Nissan, um, to enhance the um, communication with your car. Um, of course, when you have a prosthesis, prosthesis, um, yeah. prosthesis. Oh gosh, um, <laughs> there there are um, functionalities now that you have with deep brain stimulation that you can activate um, with your thoughts, um, your your prosthesis. And when you think about a prosthesis, it's just um, a machine basically. Um, it's an artificial object. It's a stupid machine connected to your brain, and. What's the difference now between a hand or an arm that you can control or a radiator or um, a coffee machine or even your car? Um, it's a machine, it's a machine, it's a machine. And um, so if you can get some sort of connection to that device, maybe through the Internet, through um, Wi-Fi, you can directly communicate to that machine. So I think in the very near future, we are going to see a lot more um, brain-to-machine um, applications. Facebook just announced something that they're working on it. Um, uh, Google, of course. Um, Apple is working in this field. We, we know this already. Um, so that's, that's probably coming very quickly. Um, 
when you go even further with a kernel and and uh, Nora link, um, of course, then we are seeing like something more futuristic where we can do brain-to-brain communication over the internet. Um, for me, this is like a logical step because you are simply replacing the phone in your hand through a tiny chip that's connected to your cortex. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to um, that someone can steal your thoughts or read your mind or something like that. No, it's the same same concept of using a smartphone right now. But the the way we interact with that kind of technology will change, and it will be so it will be so normal to remove all these laptops and PCs from your desk and these bulky telephones, and to have them. Um, miniaturized um, inside your body because that's the next logical place I think where these technology belongs. One final point then I think we we should uh, explore then is the issue of ownership um, because not everybody owns their laptop, now nobody every, everybody owns their phone. A lot of time things that, that we use are issued to us uh, through work. Um, so what do you think, um, what sort of agreements do you think will have to be in place? I mean, will you always own your own implants or will they be job specific? Wow, that's a good question. So first of all, I think when we talk about implants, it it is absolutely, it must be absolutely clear that this is something um, that is 100% voluntarily. So there should be no employer or nothing in the world that um, forces me to have like a microchip implant in my brain or something like that. I mean, talking about the current generation now, um, where you have a grain of rice under your skin is, is, is and when I when I sometimes I, I read reports, you know, the government and they all have to be chipped, which is so stupid because you can re- remove them in ten seconds. It doesn't make sense, yeah. But when something is far in your brain or something, of course, this only has to be voluntarily and it, it's not something that must be forced on you. So that's that's a big challenge and we must, as a mankind, we must make sure that this is not used against us. Um, and um, and I think the, the need to have that will um, be a little bit like it, it is today. So if you want to have some certain jobs today. I mean, you need to know how to work with your laptop. You need to do Word or Excel or PowerPoint. It's just something that everyone expects everyone. I mean, when you look on on um, application CVs today, I mean, 10 years ago, people might have written they're good at, I don't know, Word or Microsoft Office package or something. I would argue that this is needed anymore today because it's taken just for granted. So if you don't have the right implant, you might not be able to participate anymore for competitive jobs. Um, I think this could be um, the case so that, um, for instance, on my, my, my example, uh, twin brothers um, doing their school um, and then at the end of the school, one is going maybe to America for a year and the other is staying at home, and they both apply then later on for the same job. Um, the guy who was in America got a, a microchip implant for his brain and doing the internet um, in his head. The other is not capable of doing that. So as an employer, whom do you choose for the job? 
the one who's doing internet a thousand times faster than the other guy. Um, so that might that might um, showcase how we are going to be forced to use that kind of technology in order to be, to stay competitive in our employment world, um, which is the same as we have today. It's just on a different level, I would say. Um, and um, then, yeah, people would go for it. They would upgrade themselves. They would do any kind of um, things. I mean, even today, people would rather take their own smartphone than asking their employer to have an employer um, smartphone. Of course, they're usually much better. And I can imagine that in the near future, in the next 40 years or something, there is no one without a brain implant anymore. Of course, that's something that makes us normal. Not to have one is maybe then as strange as it is today when you meet someone who's not you know, our age and is not having a smartphone. I don't know of anyone who is not having a smartphone. <laughs> And that was Niall Kitson talking to VivoKey Chief Cyborg Officer, Dr. Patrick Kramer. To learn more about VivoKey, you can check out their website, which is vivokey.com. That's almost it for our show this week. The programme is supported by PRTG from Paisler, which monitors your IT infrastructure 24-7 and lets you know about problems before your users or your customers even notice. So if you want to work smarter, faster and better, check out their system. It's at www.paisler.com. Just before we go for this week, Niall, do we have uh, one more thing, a little story we couldn't get into the podcast that is available online? Yeah, well, you might remember we, we all love wearable technology and one company that was uh, had an interesting experiment with wearables two years ago was Snap with their wonderful Snap Spectacles and it looks like they're making a comeback. Oh, that's interesting. You get the lowdown on that story and all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at our website, techcentral.ie. Or, of course, you can listen to our programme each week online or Fridays at 5pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. On to next week, from myself to Stuart's at Ronald Kitson. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by DigitalAudioProductions.com. Tech Central.